Well, good morning to each and every one of you. And again, it's a real privilege to uh, stand behind this pulpit and to bring the Word of God to you. I appreciate this church and I appreciate your pastor. I've known him for over 40 years and uh, we need to continue to pray that the Lord will uphold him and use him here in Lavington Baptist Church. Let's just bow in a word of prayer and ask the Lord's blessing on his word. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for this Lord's Day. We thank thee, Father, for the opportunity of sitting under thy word. And Father, what we have heard already from the book of Hebrews, around the Lord's table, we do pray, Lord, that we may be built up in our most holy faith. And Father, as the word goes forth from the Old Testament, we do pray, Lord, that we might see some precious lessons, and that again we might be doers of the word and not hearers only. And may we leave this place excited to do what you would have us to do. And oh God, our Father, may we, each and every one of us, be able to say, it was good for us to be here, for here we met with the Lord and was blessed. To this end undertake, we ask, Lord, you take the speaker, hide him behind the cross, let no man be seen, save Jesus only. We'll be careful to give thee the praise and the glory in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Flowing between the Temple Mount of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives, uh, there's a small stream. Uh, you and I here in Australia, we call it the creek. Uh, in the Old Testament, it is called Kidron. And in the New Testament, it's called Sidron. It flows through the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which means full of darkness or blackness. I just want to bring to your attention today three different people. Actually, that will not be correct. Uh, we'll probably only get through one of them today, but uh, we'll just see how things go. But there are three different people that were associated with this brook. Three men in particular are mentioned. They are King David, King Hezekiah, and our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, of course, we will only have time to look at one of these today, which will be King David. And uh, then at another time, we'll look at the other two. I was in touch with Pastor Jekyll during the week, and I said uh, that I would be happy to help out next week if he needed, and he agreed with that. And then uh, I had to get back to him and say, sorry, I forgot I'm going to Canberra. So uh, we're going to have to wait for another time to finish the last two people. But the first person we know of that was associated with the brook Kidron uh, was King David. Now to David, the brook was a brook of separation. It was a brook of support. And it was a brook of supply. To King Hezekiah, the brook was a place of sanctification, a place of strength or strengthening, and a place of service. To our Lord Jesus Christ, the brook Kidron was a place of 
supplication, sorrow, and sacrifice. Okay, we're going to look at King David. And the first thing we look at is separation. Separation from the king's enemies. And of course, David is a wonderful type of our Lord Jesus Christ. My brother Bernie wonderfully read that chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 15. And here we see in this chapter, separation. Separation from the king's enemies. David's son, Absalom, had stolen the hearts of the men of Israel. He stole the hearts of the men of Israel with treachery and deceit. He worked his evil plot behind his father's back. Let's read verses 6 and 12 again. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He stole their hearts. Then in verse 12, And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Galo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And he was working behind his father's back to steal the hearts of the men of Israel. And here in this passage we see uh, the underhanded way that even a son would work against his father. Folks, it's a terrible thing when things are not right in a family. It's a terrible thing when family members cannot get along together. But when a close member, when a close member of the family works against the father to bring him down, a prince against the king, and conspire against him, it's even worse. We need to remember Absalom was the prince. He was the king's son. God says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Absalom must have forgot about that commandment. A man's foes shall be those of his own household, Matthew 10, 36. Folks, there was treachery within the camp. Someone was trying to overthrow God's given leader. And remember, there are always, always enemies when we are about God's work. Just a couple of illustrations will suffice. It happened in Joseph's life. Joseph was a man of God. And when his brothers conspired to kill him, he loved them just to see him. Now Genesis 37 and verses 4 and verses 5 and verses 8, it says it. And his brothers hated him. And then in verse 5, his brothers hated him yet the more. And then in verse 8, and his brothers hated him yet the more. That means yet the more than the more. They hated him intensely. And yet... Joseph was able to see God's hand in it all. In chapter 50, it tells us, Well, ye meant it for evil, 
I know what your heart was all about. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save many people alive. He could see God in it all. Through all the hatred, through all the commotion when he was thrown into the pit, when he was sold into Egypt, when he was in jail, he was in touch with God and he could see God in it all. It happened to Joseph. It happened to Daniel in Daniel's life when his peers worked against him to bring him down because he prayed three times a day to God. And they could not. They could not find one single thing against Daniel. Then it happened in Moses' life when Korah and his family withstood him. And of course, the earth swallowed them up. It happened in our Lord's life when Judas, his own familiar friend. Remember, Judas was from the tribe of Judah. He was part of the family. It was his own familiar friend that betrayed him and sold him for the price of a slave. It was happening in David's life by his son, Absalom. Now let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 18. 2 Samuel chapter 18. I will try to read these last three verses of chapter 18. If not, Bernie's going to take over. I always find it very difficult to read these verses. Chapter 18 of 2 Samuel, and it says this. And behold, Cushai came. And Cushai said, Tidings, my lord the king, for the king hath avenged thee, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. And the king was much moved, went up to his chamber over the gate, and wept. And as he went thus, he said, O oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would God I had died for thee. Absalom, my son, my son. What a tremendous passage. In the word of God, David confessed his love for his son. David was willing to die for the one who was trying to bring him down. David was prepared to die for the one who was conspiring against him. David was prepared to die for the one who had turned the hearts of the men of Israel against him. And folks, when we think about it, that's exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He died in our place so that we might live eternally. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. King David was on the throne some 40 years. And Absalom worked behind the scenes to steal the hearts of the men of Israel, or he was changing their allegiance, if you like, and their loyalty from David to himself. And David realized that his life was in danger. This then forced David to flee from Jerusalem. Look at verse 14. And David said unto his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise! 
let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. Arise, let us flee. And as he was on his way, he approaches the brook, Kidron. Look at verse 23. We've already read this verse. But verse 23 says this, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over towards the way of the wilderness. They were now on their way to the brook, weeping. And King David noticed that someone was with them. It was Ittai. He was in their midst. And he wanted to join them. Look at verses 19 and 20. This is a beautiful portion of scripture, folks. Verses 19 and 20 says this. Then said the king to Ittai, the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place, and abide with the king. For thou art a stranger, and also an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and dine with us, seeing I go whither I may? Return not, and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And so David was speaking to Ittai, and he was saying, You don't have to put your life in danger for us. You haven't been long enough with me. You haven't been long enough with me for me to expect you to sacrifice. Why don't you just return home and take your ease? And you know something, folks? The next verse is one of the loveliest responses you will ever read in Scripture. Verse 21. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my Lord the king liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Now folks, what does that remind you of? Where? Ruth, okay. Please turn to Ruth chapter 1 and verses 16, 17 and 18. These are beautiful answers to those who say, well, you can go back home. You don't need to join in with us. You don't need to put your life in danger or whatever. And Ruth said, of course to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave thee. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. This is Ittai all over. For whither thy goest I will go, and where thy lodgest I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thy diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord does so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfast, minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. And this is what David did. And David said to Ittai, verse 22, Go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. 
Now, folks, this is separation. David said, go and pass over. He recognized the love Ithai had for him, and he allowed him to be part of the Passover. Part of the Passover. Ithai was prepared to die for his Lord. You know, four times, and we're not going to stretch this by any means, but four times this expression was used in verse 22 and 23 that they passed over the brook Kidron. And of course we know that the Passover speaks of the shedding of the blood. But they passed over the brook. It seems that this was the point of separation. Separation from the king's enemies. Even the new recruits, if you like, were separated from the enemies of his Lord. Folks, let me ask you a couple of, let's say, rhetorical questions. Have you confessed your love for the coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Just like Ittai. Ittai says, the answer to King said, As the Lord liveth, and as my Lord the King liveth, surely in what place my Lord the King shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will I servant be. Is that your attitude towards the Lord? Are you happy to walk with him, be with him, talk with him along life's road? Have you confessed your love for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Have you separated your lives from the Lord's enemies. You know, that's one of the biggest problems I find in Christianity today, that men and women, young people especially, teenagers, are not separated from the enemies of the Lord. They're not separated from the things of this world. And they're carrying stuff over, and to a great degree, they're still walking, as it were, with one foot in the world. Have you crossed over Kedron. That's the question we need to be asking ourselves all day today. Have we crossed over Kedron? Have we put something between us and the enemy that's on the other side? You know, Obadiah verse 11 says, In that day when thy us on the other side, thy washed as one of them. But they passed over. They went over the brook. They did a separation between the enemies of God and between uh, where they were going. Are you part of the Passover group, as you would say. Has the blood been shed for you? The question is, are you an Ittai? One who wanted to give himself to the work. One who wanted to work for his Lord. His Lord was the rejected king. You see, Absalom turned the hearts of the men of Israel against him. And so he was rejected. Just in the same way our Lord was rejected. Verse 21 tells us that he was willing even to die, even unto death, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. Nothing would dissuade him, folks, from being with the king. His devotion to me is touching. His loyalty and his faithfulness was genuine. And he was only a new boy on the block. He had just joined the army, as we would say. And all this, of course, speaks 
of separation. Now, separation is a great principle within the Word of God. We haven't got time to go into it all today. But Romans 1 and verse 1 says, Separated unto the gospel of God. I might speak on that one day. I spoke on it in Wagga last week. The gospel of God, because he is the author of it. It's the gospel of Christ, because he is the subject of it. It's the gospel of uh, uh, the honorable gospel of God, the glorious gospel of God. It is the gospel of peace. And all the terminologies in the word speaking of the gospel. But we're separated onto the gospel of God. Why? Because Paul says, our gospel. It's our gospel. And we're separated onto our gospel, the gospel of God. We're separated, Galatians 1.15 tells us, from the womb. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Come ye out from among them, and be ye separate. It's a principle running through the word of God. Even way back in Leviticus 20, 24, says, I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. Are we separated today? Do you show the same love and devotion to our Lord, the rejected King? Are we loyal as we ought to be to him and to his word? In this day of our Lord's rejection, are we separated unto him? Now in verse 23 it says, And all the country wept, wept with a loud voice. And all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. And all the people passed over towards the way of the wilderness. And folks, here was the situation. Israel was in rebellion. Israel was in sin. And those who followed the king, those who followed their Lord, was weeping because of that sin. And here's a question, folks. When we see rebellion, when we see sin, when we see corruption, when we see wickedness and wrongs committed, does it drive us to tears? Not many tears are shed in these days. I remember reading a letter by C.H. Spurgeon. I've got a copy of it somewhere. And he was writing to a young lady called Grace. He says, Grace, do you not care for your own soul? Do you not care that your mothers and fathers are in the prayer meeting every week on their knees weeping that you might come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? And at the very end of the letter he says, Grace, run upstairs and meet me at the throne of grace and we shall weep together and accept Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour. Do you have that response with your children, with your loved ones, with those that you're praying for? Are you weeping because of sin in these days? Not many tears are shed in today's church. Has today's church become insensitive to sin? That's a question. You know, Job was a perfect man, upright man. He feared God and he eschewed evil. That word eschewed is even worse than hate. It is to hate and to turn away from. He eschewed evil. What about us? You know, we're conditioned folks, aren't we? 
The television, the radio, the papers, whatever it is, has conditioned us today. We are so accepting of some things that 40 years ago, a man or a woman would be put in jail for. And we accept some of the things, maybe not literally, but some of the laws that's been passed in Parliament, same-sex marriage and all the rest of it, would never have been thought about 40 years ago. In our time. I'm not talking about something antiquated 200 years ago. 40 years ago, it would not be accepted. And yet, we don't shed a tear. Israel was in sin. David was the rejected king. Etai was there to support him. And the people wept because of sin. Folks, and all this happened at the Brook Kidron. Sin is all around us. We follow a rejected king. Do we love the Lord and hate the evil? Do we weep over sin in these days? Itai, a man to remember. Next look at verse 24. And to Zadok also... And the Levites that were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God, and they set down the ark of God, and the bathar went up unto all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. Here we see David knowing where the ark of God should have been. Zadok the priest and his sons were carrying the ark, the ark of the covenant. To go with David. They knew who they were supporting. But David knew that the ark belonged in the house of God. And he sent them back. But he also asked Zadok to be his eyes. He asked him to be his eyes and his ears. Look and continue on reading. Verse 25. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok, the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace. And your two sons with you, Ahimezad, thy son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok, therefore, and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. King David was asking Zadok to be his lookout, to be his seer. Whatever you see, whatever you hear, get the message back to me. I need to know what's going on. Uh, he was prepared to go back into what we would call in those days the enemy territory. He was prepared to go with David the king. He was prepared to go over the brook Kidron. He was prepared to separate himself. But David said, no, I've got a job for you to do. It's a very important job for you to do. Go back and report back to me the king. Then again in verse 30 we see the people were weeping again. And David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went. The people were weeping again. This time they were ascending the Mount of Olives. 
Their heads were covered. David's feet was bare, and maybe some others. This is speaking of humility of heart. They were distressed because of the sin, and they were all walking with the king. They were walking with the king. They were ascending the mount. They weren't going down. Why would they go down? They were ascending the mount. They were going up, and they were with the king. And folks, question. Are we walking with the Lord in these days? Are we walking up? Are we walking circumspectly? Do others see whom we are and whom we serve? So the people humbled themselves and wept because of the situation. And they walked with the king. The third person we read of is found in verse 32. Verse 32. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head, unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then I shall be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou... For me, defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel had turned his back on David. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their sons, Ahimazel, Zedek's son, and Jonathan, Abathar's son, and by them ye shall send unto me everything that ye can hear. So Husha, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Folks, again, a very interesting portion of Scripture. David wanted Husha to be a spy. And he wanted him to pass on the information to Zadok, the priest, and his sons. He was a true friend. Verse uh, 36 and 37 tells us that. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city. And you know, folks, we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Hushai was a friend willing to put his life in danger for his friend, the king. We have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Are we willing to go and be of service for our Lord, even if it means danger? I don't know. There are some people giving out tracts. I remember several times down in Croydon, a long time ago. Eh? long time ago. Uh, let me see, before the... Uh, five years ago and we used to do visitation around the the streets and I'll not go into all the details but on one occasion we had dogs set on us on another occasion we were spat in the face another occasion this guy came out who was a truckie truckie and he had a big blue t-shirt on and he said whatever you want you're not getting here and my old mate Harry Russell some of you might remember him 
he says, you'll not be saying that when you're burning in hell. And this guy towered above us, and I said, hold on here, what he really means is this. <laughs> uh, I was pretty weak in my stance, uh, but uh, he listened for a long time. Listen for a long time. Listen, folks, there's always the blessings too. The following week, we went to a house. An old man, a Dutch man, called John. And we told him about the Lord, and he invited us in. And there he got down his knees and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He says, look, I'll see you next week in church. He says, I haven't heard that before. I didn't know anybody loved me. And so old Harry and I waited the following week, and he didn't turn up to church. So we went around again on our visitation then a Tuesday night, and his son was in the house. And he said, are you the man that spoke to my father last week? And we said, yes. He said, my father went to be with the Lord two days later. man of over 70 years of age didn't know that God loved him. And so there's the blessings, but you're putting yourself out there in the enemy territory. That's all I'm saying, friends. Are you willing to be a friend of the Lord? Are we willing to go and be of service for him? Are we willing to stick out our neck, as it were, and stand up for the Lord in witness or in rebuke? Or, or, or when someone else is using our Lord's name in vain, do we rebuke them? Are we willing to be a true friend to our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. And fourthly, lastly, let us look at chapter 16 and verse 1. And when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisins, and a hundred of uh, summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. Here was Ziba. Ziba came and brought the supplies with him. He was a giver. Zadok, Itai, Husha, all workers, some in the forefront of the battle, some where their Lord wanted them to be. But here is another type of person, Ziba. He brought supplies. He supplied their needs. Not everybody can be an Ittai, can they? Not everybody can be a Zadok or a Hushai. But we can all give. Praise God for those who give of their time and their talent and their finances. The battle continues on out there, folks. The Lord needs all types of people to get involved. New people. Long-time members, praying people, people who witness, people who give out tracts, people who support financially, givers of time and talent, encouragers, helpers. There is no unemployment in the Lord's work, folks. There's plenty to do. David certainly was separated from his enemies. Absalom stole the hearts of the people. David certainly was supported by Ittai, Hushai, and Zadok, faithful men indeed. David's needs were certainly supplied by Ziba. He saw the need and he acted. Men who were willing to go 
men who were willing to fight in the front line, men who supported wherever they were needed, men who supplied the need. And when I say men, I'm talking men, women, young people, of course, men who supplied the need. Folks, there is much work to be done, and we can all be part of that work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for thy word. And Father, even though it's just a part of this message as a whole, we do pray, Lord, that we may have learned something from it, that we might store it in our hearts, that we might be separated from the things of the world and from the enemies of God, that we might support the things of God and his word. And Father, that we might supply the need for others who have gone perhaps overseas while we stick with the stuff. So our Father, be with us this day. Bless us and encourage us because we ask it in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.